super glad to see your faces too, and I want to welcome you. We have been envisioning you being here, but it's another thing to actually actually see you in the space, right? Can everybody hear okay? Okay. Normally at Fall Bible Getaway, I do not speak with a microphone, but I'm learning that with this many women, we need to do that this year. So hopefully this is going to work out well. But I think I've met most of you just milling about, looking for pictures. I think I asked everybody in the room till Tawanda came up to me and said, hey, I think that's my picture. So I think I failed in the picture thing, but hopefully you guys, the the goal was that we meet a lot of people, and hey, I did that, so maybe, maybe I didn't fail. But I know there are many of you maybe that I didn't actually get to really talk to, and I really look forward to doing that. Because we, like Nicole said, we have been praying for you. Not only have we been doing that just individually as we've gone through on this 52-day journey, but also during the time that we've been here prepping for you this week, we've been in every one of your rooms praying over your bed, praying over your lives, just praying over you. So just know that as you're coming in, we have been so excited for you to get here, and it's just going to be a really, really glorious time, and hopefully you've gotten to meet one another and using those pictures, and I'm going to be sharing more about that a little bit later. I get the awesome privilege this weekend of leading us in Bible study. And when I say privilege, I really mean that. I, I love the Lord, I love His Word, and I love sharing God's Word with women. It is one of my very, very favorite things to do. And to get to do it in this setting is like awesome. Because if you get tired of looking up here at me, that's totally fine. You got something much better to look at back behind me. But every year at this first Fall Bible Getaway Gathering, when we all come together, it's just so special because we really start planning this. Like when we finish this weekend, we're going to start for next year. And so we have been anticipating and expecting your faces to come into the room and expecting God is going to move in a, in a mighty way. So it's just so good to see you gathered in this space and in this house. And speaking of this house, it's, it's amazing, right? You know, do any of your houses at home look like this? If they do, can I come visit you? Um, but this is a really special, special house. This is our eighth year for Fall Bible Getaway, but this is our first year in this house. And I know for many of you this year, this is your very first time coming to Fall Bible Getaway. Give me a shout out if this is your first time. Yeah, I know we have a lot of newbies in the room, right? We are looking forward to getting to know you. And for those of you, we would call you a returning FBG or give it up. Yep, yep, all right. We always love it when people come back. And you need to help these new girls feel welcome and let them know they're in for just something really, really special as the Lord moves amongst us, um, you know, this weekend. So as a ministry, um, we always marvel what God does here. And I say ministry, let me take just a minute as well to introduce the ministry to you that host this event. Um, many of you are familiar with Established Footsteps, but Fall Bible Getaway is a part of Established Footsteps ministry. And if you're not sure what that is, I'll, I'll just quickly um, describe it for you. About 15 years ago, uh, God began Established Footsteps. And really our goal, our, our mission in, in ministry is to come alongside people and cheer them on to help them to establish just their daily life steps in the Word of God. And we do that in a lot of ways. 
And uh, I would say for me, Fall Bible Getaway is my favorite way <laughs> that we get to do that. This is really my favorite uh, weekend of the year and our favorite thing that we do. But we count it a huge privilege to be able to come alongside people in the different ways that God allows us to do that and to really just help them to not only understand God's word, but to also cheer people on to love God's word and to just have a desire in their heart and in their life for their Bibles. And Fall Bible Getaway is all about that. That's, that's really what it's all about. So it brings my favorite things all into my happy place, which is the beach. And I love being with women and just all the different ways that God can use us together. So um, like I said, it's my favorite weekend of the year. I hope it's going to become yours as well and that you'll want to come back too. Because I know God's going to love on us this weekend. I know he's going to teach us and renew us and inform us and inspire us and refresh us. And anything else you've been asking him to do, believe him right now that he is going to move and work in your life uh, this weekend. Weekend, Be expectant for what God has in store for you. Uh, I believe that the glory of Jesus is going to be our greatest experience here uh, this weekend, our greatest blessing. And, you know, we're going to experience a lot of blessings. We're in this amazing house. We get to look at this beautiful view. You're going to make lots of new friends. Um, you already have probably started doing that, but I always marvel every year at seeing the relationships that develop, people that don't know each other. We have, even have two people um, this year who just met a few minutes ago, and they'll be sleeping in the same bed tonight. So, you know, we get to know each other here, all right? But, I mean, that's going to be a blessing. The friendships, the fun, the laughter, the deep experiences all those things just getting away I talked to some moms and of littles and they're just so glad to just be away they love their kids but they need a breath right and you might be to say glory oh, <laughs> hallelujah oh, yeah. right so but far and above all of those blessings our biggest blessing this weekend is really going to be experiencing the glory of Jesus and that is our theme for this year glory Jesus glory. So I want to invite you, we always like to take a few minutes at the beginning to just set the tone of what God wants to speak to us this weekend and, and just right from the beginning that this is what this is about. So I want to go ahead and invite you to open up your Bibles. We're going to have dinner. Hopefully that snack will hold you over until then. We're going to be feasting all weekend in his word and also really rich food from the kitchen, all right? But if you want to open your Bible up to Hebrews chapter 1, I think we encouraged you, Tammy encouraged you to read that before you came. But specifically, we're going to be in Hebrews 1, 1 through 4. Now, hopefully, you brought this bag along with you. I think cute little fancy glittery bags. Everybody loves shiny, all right? Um, but in that, in that bag is a folder right you should have gotten a folder and also you should have gotten a journal if you don't have yours with you right now no worries but when we come together for the gathering times you want to have that so you're going to have to get really adept at managing a bible and a folder and a journal and a pen 
But we gave you those bags to just keep it together. Because, do you know, like, if you have other people that live in your space at home, when they leave their stuff around, doesn't it, like, like it just kind of gets under your skin a little bit, right? So imagine 52 people just kind of leaving their stuff around. And so we don't want to do that. So we thought, let's at least make our stuff look all pretty. And so we'll put it in a bag. And we put your name. Mine's turned over, but you know what I mean. We put your name on it. So if it needed, you know, you can just set it off to the side. But it just helps to keep our space a little tidier. But you do want to bring that with you. But in that folder, if you'll open it up, there's a copy of Hebrews 1, 1 through 4, right on the right side, okay? And right behind that, they just are cheering for us over there. <laughs> Glory! Glory! Hallelujah! Yeah, all right. So, uh, right behind that sheet of Hebrews 1, 1 through 4, actually the whole chapter's there, there's also a notes page. So if you want to use that, we provide that for all of them for the weekend. The only reason I gave you that Hebrews 1, 1 through 4 is because I'm going to be teaching out of the NASB. You might have a different version. If you want to follow along with me word for word, you might want to use that as well. Okay? So, you know, we're all different. We all have different learning styles. Use what works for you. Those are tools. Nobody's going to grade your notes or anything like that. Okay? We just want to make it um, feasible for you to have the best experience here while while you're here and while we're sitting um, under the teaching of God's word. All right, so those four verses, one through four, began the book of Hebrews, which by the way, we don't know who wrote the book of Hebrews. Some, A lot of people think that the apostle Paul did, but really um, nobody knows for sure. But we do know that God inspired all of scripture, right? And so ultimately he is the author. So this weekend, I'm going to be referring to God as the author of Hebrews 1, all right? And these four verses are going to be the backdrop of everything we consider this weekend as we meditate on the glory of Jesus. These four verses are the beginning of 13 chapters that make up the book of Hebrews. And these 13 chapters, really what they do, if you were to have to, to describe it in one sentence, it would be that they lift Jesus up above everything. And so it's very fitting that they begin in the way that they do because it says, let me read for you, God, after he spoke long ago to the fathers in the prophets, in many portions and in many ways in these last days, has spoken to us in his son whom he appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the world. And this is our main verse, girls. And he is the radiance of his glory and the exact representation of his nature and upholds all things by the word of his power. When he had made purification of sins, he sat down at the right hand of his majesty on high, having become as much better than the angels as he has inherited a more excellent name than they. In this first verse, God tells us that in the past, he spoke through people. Specifically, he spoke through the fathers. This would be people like Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, right? The fathers of the Israelite nation. But it also says he spoke in the prophets. So after Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, he spoke in the lives of people like Moses and Joshua and Samuel and Isaiah and Jeremiah and a host of others. And how did he speak through them? Well, it tells us right here in verse 2, or in verse 1, it says, in many portions and in many ways. And if you've read the Old Testament, you know that. I mean, he did all kinds of different um, things to speak his message through 
the prophets. But then in verse 2, God makes it clear that there is a big distinction between the way he used to speak and the way he's speaking now. Look at verse 2. It says, in these last days, he has spoken to us. How? In his son. And his son would be Jesus. And verse 2 goes on to reveal just a couple of the realities about Jesus. It describes him in this way. Whom he appointed heir of all things. So in other words, God chose Jesus to be the recipient of everything. Which would only make sense because it goes on to say, through whom also he made the world, right? So if he made it, it belongs to him. So it should belong to him anyway. Which is reason enough to set Jesus up as glorious, right? If he created like all of this that we can see, then he, he's glorious. And yet that's just really the beginning. Because verse 3, that really that theme verse for us, goes on to say this. Let me read it again. And he is the radiance of his glory and the exact representation of his nature. This is saying that Jesus is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of God's nature. And he upholds all things by the word of his power. When he had made purification of sins, he sat down at the right hand of his majesty on high. That verse is bursting at the seams with glory. Bursting at the seams. Even in the way it began, it says he's the radiance of his glory. In other words, the person, the work, the substance, the authority, the value, the soul of Jesus literally radiates the glory of God. Now, in the church or the Christian community, you know, just circles of Christians, and, and I, one of the things I love about Fall Bible Getaway is we're all from different places. We've got somebody here this weekend from California. We've got people from Pennsylvania and North Carolina, Virginia, Maryland, and we're all from different kinds of churches. We've got big, wide age range. I think our youngest is 18 or 19, and I think we've got somebody we won't say as old, but, you know, I think it's an awesome honor, you know, but, I mean, we, we are wide and diverse in many ways here this weekend, and yet we can know some things in the Christian community, right? We're, we're a part of the family of God. And one of the words that you hear a lot in the Christian community, doesn't matter what kind of church you go to, is the word glory, right? I mean, we sing it in songs. Think about all the songs that have the word glory. I mean, you deserve the glory, right? We sing that. Or we glorify you, Lord. We sing all these songs with the word glory. If you come from a shouting church, right? In the middle of a service, sometimes people are just going, glory, right? Glory. Yeah, say it. You can do that, and I'm going to set you free right now if you want to do that. I would love for you to just shout it out, and then the rest of us would go, glory, glory. Hallelujah. hallelujah, right? Okay, we're going to all be shouting girls by the end of the weekend, all right? A lot of times, we speak glory in declaration, right? We might say, may all the glory be yours, Lord. Have you ever prayed that or heard that? Yeah, we all have, and we pray it in prayers, I mean, how many times have we prayed, help us bring glory to your name? But what really is glory? What is it? I mean, we use that word so much, we really need to understand what it means. So I don't know if you've ever thought about that before, what, what glory really is. But if we're going to meditate on it all weekend, I think we need to start and clarify what it actually is. And, and I'll be honest, glory is hard to define. It's, it's not something easy to put into words, but we're going to try. And our definition is going to center on five dynamics, or I would say qualities of glory. And I've actually listed them for you at the top of that note page, okay? And the first one is truth. In the most basic understanding, we need to note that glory 
is a true representation of something. So for instance, if we see a huge field of bright yellow flowers, someone might say this, look at those flowers in all their glory, all right? Meaning, those flowers are innately, they are truly beautiful. And the truth of their beauty is only made more marvelous as you put them all together because then it's just that many more of them revealing the truth of how beautiful they are, all right? And that takes us to our second dynamic, which would be displayed. Glory is also something that is displayed or revealed. So it's seen. You might see it with your physical eyes, or you might see it with the eyes of your heart, right? Your spiritual senses that God has given us as well. So the dynamics of glory, it starts with something true that's been put on display. And that display might be for the whole world to see, or maybe it's just for you to see, but either way, glory is something true, and it's something that's displayed or revealed in front of us, all right? But there are three more dynamics also, and they really flow together, all right? So keep, stay with me here. Glory is also a distinction. It's something that's distinct, maybe an amazing quality like beauty or strength, some kind of asset, all right? So it's true, it's displayed, it's distinct, and then we find because of that, it deeply impacts, all right? It, it deeply impacts. And because of that deep impact, it draws out some kind of a response, some kind of honoring or, or worshipful attention. Let me explain it like this. Like if you see a distinctly talented musician and he performs an amazing concert, well, their performance usually deeply impacts, right? Somewhere deep in your soul. And because of that, what do people do? They start to applaud, right? It draws out a response of attention. That's why somebody might go to a concert like that or you know, even watch a three-year-old who thinks they're the best singer in the world and say, well, they were in all their glory tonight, right? Because they, they, something has happened in the heart. There's some kind of a response. Their true abilities were put on display so well with such incredible distinction that it deeply impacted and then it drew out some applause, okay? So when you view that distinct you know, um, field of bright yellow flowers, it does something in here, maybe something you can't even put into words. That's why some of you send in pictures of things like that, right? When an athlete um, completes a distinctly amazing feat, it touches you and it, it, it inspires you. I mean, we all watched that this summer in the Olympics, right? If you, I say we all, I mean, I'm assuming that most of us at least saw something where you saw somebody do something and it was distinct. Um, when you see a beach sunrise or a waterfall or the Grand Canyon or those beautiful northern lights that Tawanda, you know, sent that picture and any host of the things that were on the display of those pictures, something happens on the inside of you. So it draws something out from you and how much more the glory of God, his true nature put on display in front of us with all its holy distinction, right? You're moved on the inside, you're touched, you're deeply impacted. And so something then comes out of you and you are drawn to respond in worship. So when we talk about God's glory, we can know we're talking about something that is true about him that we see because it's been put on display in front of us and what we see reveals then how distinctly amazing he is. And then that deeply impacts our souls and then we say glory, 
Glory. Hallelujah, right? Okay, so I was going to say, can someone say glory? Glory. Hallelujah. And any of you can just shout out glory anytime you want as these things are beginning to resound in your hearts. Okay. So keeping all that in mind, and I know it's a lot to wrap your head around if you've never thought of glory that way before. And I'll just tell you, I didn't read that in a book. That came from just lots of time with the Holy Spirit and Him distinguishing for me what is glory. As I realize, I, we use that word all the time. We use it all the time. Do we know what we're talking about? So let's keep that in mind and let's go back to verse 3 in Hebrews. Because it begins in its description of Jesus in this way. It says, and He is the radiance, He meaning Jesus, is the radiance of God's glory. Ladies, that is a powerful statement. See, all these other people who in the past that God had used, the fathers, the prophets, right, from verses 1 and 2, well, all you have to do is just read their stories in the Old Testament and know they did not always reveal God's glory, all right? Now, there were times that they did, uh, times that maybe we caught a glimpse of God through their life and message. I mean, even Moses, it was said of him that his face literally shone after he had spent time in the presence of the Lord. But the glimpses were just that. They were glimpses, right? They weren't the radiance of the glory of God. They were God's messengers, and many of them did their best. Some of them didn't, but many of them did. And every now and then, as they spoke for God and represented him, the world got to see a little bit of how glorious God is. So here you've got these messengers of God, and then here you have Jesus. And this introduction of Hebrews intends to do exactly what I hope it's doing right now in this room, and it's drawing out a distinction between messengers of God and Jesus who displays the glory of God, because there is a vast difference. In the past, God spoke through messengers, but now his son is the way he speaks, and his son is the radiance of his glory. And radiance calls for far more than just a glance, okay? Just a glimpse. Radiance is literally beams of light going in every direction you can think of, creating beauty everywhere you look, so much so that you can't even take it all in. One of the words used to describe radiance is actually this word, Effulgence. Effulgence. Now, who knows what effulgence means? <laughs> I didn't know. So I had to look it up. And this is what effulgence means. It means splendor and brilliance. Splendor and brilliance. So verse 3 is telling us that in the person of God's son, Jesus, we get to see the splendor of God, the brilliance of God. In the person of Jesus, we get an almost blinding can't take it all in view of who God is. The true substance of God put on display in the person of Jesus with so much distinction above all others that he deeply impacts our souls and he draws out a response from us. Jesus is the radiance of God's glory. And verse 3 reveals for us some of the ways that he is. It tells us that Jesus is the exact representation of God's nature and that he upholds all things all things by the word of his power, that he made purification of our sins, and that he sat down at the right hand of his majesty on high. Verse 3 is like trying to catch the glory of God as seen in the person of Jesus into phrases for us. 
Much like somebody would stand out there when the sun is rising and you see the beams of light and you try to catch those beams of light in, in your hands. We all know that can't happen, right? That, that's not doable. And it's not doable either for us this weekend to catch the full glory of God, right, into our hearts. It's not, even though this is the inspired word, inspired word of God and this is a powerful word here, this doesn't hold all of the glory of Jesus. So we need to say right from the very beginning, even though this is plenty for us to meditate on this weekend, it's certainly not all. Hopefully as we leave here, we're going to go out from here on Sunday. We don't even want to talk about that yet, right? We just got here. But when we go out from here, we're going to be even looking for more of the glory of God. We just need to understand, we're not going to talk about all of the glory of God, but there's plenty to meditate on right here in verse 3, and that's exactly what we're going to do. We're going to meditate this weekend. Meditate on what we find. We're going to look deeply into the glory of Jesus' nature, his power, his atonement, meaning his purification of our sins, and his place in heaven right now. And we're going to see God's glory, the true substance of, he is, of who he is in the person of Jesus. And here's what's going to happen. I believe when we see him, it's going to take our breath away. Take our breath away. When is the last time you lost your breath in the presence of Jesus? Not because of something he gave you or did for you or blessed you with, but just because he's Jesus. Jesus was present and you saw him. You saw the truth of who he is put on display in front of you with so much distinction his beauty, his kindness, his joy, his love, his peace, all the many things that make up his glory, and it just literally knocked the breath right out of you. When was the last time that happened for you? Or maybe I should say, has it ever happened for you? You know, as 2020 drew to a close for me, more and more, the Lord just began to direct my heart, look at Jesus, look at Jesus because everything else that I was looking at was not glorious, all right? Just look at Jesus, he would say. You know, 2020 was a year, we all know that. And, and in, in many ways, 2021 has just brought more of the same. A world in chaos, people in conflict, polarized ideas. That's why we're not gonna talk about all that stuff this weekend. We got glory to look at, right? But if I could just say it just as simply as I can, ladies, we need Jesus. We need Jesus. Not a glimpse about Jesus, a, a glimpse of Jesus or a theory about him, not a t-shirt with his name on it, not a group of people who claim to have the right version of him. We need the truth of Jesus put on display in front of us with distinction so that we can see how glorious he is. We need him to deeply impact our souls so that we can respond to him. It will be life and breath for us to respond to him in his glory. Hebrews 1 tells us that God sent Jesus to be his messenger. So when we encounter Jesus, we can know that we will see we will experience the radiance, the splendor, the brilliance of God our Father. And I am so thankful that in this last year, God turned my eyes to Jesus over and over again. Throughout this whole year, I have been super intentional every day to gaze at Jesus, looking at the person of Jesus, the nature of Jesus, what he said, what he likes, what he hates, what he said and, and didn't say, how he loved, how he talked, how he made decisions. I've seen him as exalted 
above all. And, and it's been so good to get my eyes above all the flutter and fray. And many times as I've done that, he has taken my breath away. And what's happened is then he gives me his breath. And that's what I really need. Glory. Hallelujah. Right? Yes. And when he was doing that throughout the year, he spoke to my heart that that's what he wanted to happen here at Fall Bible Getaway. That he wanted to be front and center. You know, in our world that is so conflicted these days and so confused and so chaotic, God knows that we often become those very things ourselves. And in an effort to fix those conflicts and um, fix the confusion and chaos, you know what we often do? You know what's happening in so many Christian communities and circles and churches? We start trying to find our own glory. You just look around the Christian community and you'll see it over and over again. And I would confess to you, as I look back over the years, not always, but there have definitely been some times that I have even perpetuated that mindset myself, and I've had to repent of that. Now, you might be thinking, what do you mean, like, we try to find our own glory? Well, let me describe it for you. And I'm sure this is an exhaustive description, but I'll just say it this way. First of all, so many people are trying to distinguish themselves as the ones who have the real Jesus. And they spend more time promoting that than they do Jesus himself. And then our Bible studies have become about us, our stories, our worth, our identity, our royalty. Our sermons are so often, what can God do for us? Our devotions have become about, what does God want to make of my life? How God wants to bless us and prosper us and esteem us. And you know what? All of those things are good, and all of those things are true. And God absolutely delights in sharing his goodness with his children. But those things flow in our lives as we seek his glory, not our own glory. One of our staff members, Jessica, recently said it so well. She said this. She said, the more we realize how much it is about Jesus, the more we can experience how much Jesus has made it about us. Isn't that good? Let me say it again. The more we realize how much it is about Jesus, the more we will experience how much he has made it about us. Jesus is all about us, ladies. He is absolutely all about us. But us being about us, that is not the pathway to the glory of his goodness poured out in our lives. See, the Bible is clear. He does not share his glory. It is his alone. Now, let me clarify that. He shares the provision of his glory. In fact, this weekend, we're going to talk about how he just wants to pour his glory out on you. But the position of glory, that belongs to him alone. And yet, I would say in the last 10 years, I have seen such a shift in the church. A shift from God's glory to our own. But I would add this. I don't think any of us have meant to do that. I don't think that was the intention of our hearts when we set out for that. But life has just gotten hard. And in our humanity, we're just looking for some glory somewhere. And we've often then made ourselves the glory. And we have exchanged the glory of God for a lie that says we can be all that there is, right? We can be the one set on high. And if we honestly look back, I think we might can see that we have been glancing at Jesus and gazing at ourselves. 
glancing at Jesus and gazing at ourselves. And that kind of self-focus has absolutely taken our breath away, but not in a good way. We are panting as a society and as a church from exhaustion. We are desperate to know the glory of Jesus. And this weekend, God is going to give us breath. He's going to put the breath back into our lungs as we gaze at Jesus. And every now and then, we're going to glance at ourselves. We're going to switch it up this weekend. We are going to gaze at Jesus, and we are going to glance at ourselves. Yes, hallelujah. Oh, I messed that up. Glory, glory, hallelujah. Right. Hebrews 1 is very clear. Jesus alone is far and distinguished above all. In fact, did you read verse 4 here? It says, Having become as much better than the angels as he has inherited a more excellent name than they. After verse 3 ended in telling us that Jesus has sat down at the right hand of God, it tells us that he is better than the angels. Now you might be thinking, angels? Where in the world did angels come from in this conversation? And I want you to know, don't let that term throw you there, okay? The word angels there is just a generic term for messengers. It doesn't have to be a, a, a white being with wings. It could be, all right? But it doesn't have to be. It can just be anyone that God is using to speak for him, all right? So that could be your pastor. That could be the favorite podcast that you like to listen to, all right? Or your favorite Bible study writer. It could be me this weekend, all right? He has become much better than them, right? Because he is far and distinguished above all. People can give glimpses of God. People can give glimpses of God, but Jesus alone is the radiance of his glory. So this weekend, we are switching it up. We are going to gaze at Jesus and glance at ourselves. And we hopefully, it is our prayer, as we pray for you during these 52 days leading up to this weekend, that we will get caught up in the radiance of Jesus' glory, that we might see the truth of who God is put on display, distinguished in front of us in such a way that deeply impacts our soul and draws out response from our hearts. We want him to take our breath away this weekend so he can give us his breath. We need the breath of heaven, don't we? To freshly revive our souls. And it's gonna be good. So I hope you're ready. I'm ready. And I hope you are too. I know the Lord is ready. So let's all take a deep breath.